but I'm good. Hey everybody, we're back. Um, you know, whatever. That was a <laughs> shitty opening, but uh, welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Holtz. I'm with me as always, George Rogers. Joining us again this week for another Pirates of Caribbean movie is Chris Thurford, Dean Francesco. How are you, Chris? Doing good, boys. This is an honor. Yeah, it's not an honor now. You've been on like a dozen times. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, Chris was supposed to win the last few episodes with us. Life gets in the way like sometimes and he mm-hmm. couldn't make it. But here he is, you know, uh, back for Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Mm-hmm. The second movie of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. And, uh, you know, we don't have to go through the whole spiel, you know, what the franchise means to us. You want to do, hear that, uh, you know. I said, it in the first, first I, I, I said it in the first recording before Chris got moved from the uh, line. But, and, yeah. uh, just go back and watch the first review. Yeah. Or you can listen to our Pirates of the Caribbean review on Biggie Guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, we did a retrospective. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're like the only three people to listen to it, so. <laughs> but uh um but we're back uh here uh you know to do this um i think uh i think this is uh this is gonna be a fun time and you know what i don't feel like doing this goodbye but <laughs> <laughs> um but uh hey chris i want to i want to congratulate you uh you know one of your dozen teams won a trophy uh, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you stick with this one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've, I've, I've done well for 26 years, so we'll stick with this. I guess by all of averages, it was happening regardless. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but uh, no, I was very, was very happy to see the Avalanche win the uh, Stanley Cup. I was also last week, I was very happy to see the Warriors win the NBA championship. So, yeah, for sure. Um, Absolutely. You know, because fuck Boston and fuck Tampa. So I'm with uh, not, you. not the Bucks, fuck the Lightning. Uh, right. But uh, you know. But uh, anyway, uh, let's just let's just rock and roll right into this. Uh, yeah. So you know, Pirates of Caribbean, uh, Dead Man's Chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, George, did you see this movie in theaters? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, I know you. <laughs> I know you did. I saw this movie three times in theaters, and I saw it one time in Disney World. Yeah. So like. Where I stay in the beach tell, club. Tell us about that. Tell us about that. So what they what they still do, actually, uh, at my resort that I stay at the beach club, every Friday night, they have a movie night on the beach right out front, which, you know, you can overlook um, the boardwalk. And then from the from afar, you can see Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. But um, they have they set up like a whole like a, basically a movie theater on the beach. They have this really big pop up movie movie screen. Mm-hmm. Um and they played they played Pirates of the Caribbean, um, nice. <clears throat> Dead Man's Chest. I was like, uh, yeah, uh, sounds good to me. I'll come out there for a few hours. And nice. um, yeah, and that was like, so this came out. What was it? June, June the sixth, right? July, July two thousand six. Okay, so then yeah, I saw it. Like uh, I want to say, I, I mean, I saw it obviously opening night, and I saw it two more times, like that next week. And then when I went down to Florida. Um, probably the second into the third week of july they played it like that that weekend that i got there so i just watched it for the fourth time so technically four times right uh this this movie is actually my personal record of how many times i've seen a movie in theaters i saw this movie six times Jeez, um that's one more than when i saw stranger tides yeah uh after after this it's revenge of the sith with with uh with five showings um, wow, that's awesome. So, um, but the funny thing is, I went six times with like six different people. <laughs> I went, 
I, I definitely went by myself. I went with my mom. I think I went, I'm pretty sure I went with my dad. I went with a buddy from work. George, I might have actually gone with Chrissy too. George is gone. No, I'm not. no, he's here. No, he's here. He's he's just, there was just a long silence. <laughs> um, I think I might have gone with, with Chrissy. Uh, Chrissy is George's sister, everybody. Um, you know, I, I think we just went after because I used to work with her. Uh, I think we just went after work one day. Uh, and then I, I know I, I maybe I saw it twice by myself. I don't remember. But I know I went six times. I know, and I know this is the movie that has. I don't think I'll ever go to the movie six times again. But I, I just love this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, you know, George, I went with Jason. Oh, okay. That's what it was. I went with Jason. So, so it was one by myself, one with Jason, one with a friend from work, one with my mom my, and my dad. It wasn't mm-hmm. Chrissy. So, um, but um, yeah, I adore this movie. I think this movie is like just up there with the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, as we said before, like like Chris, I know you hold on Stranger Tides pretty yeah. high up there too. Like it, to me, it's like those three. Yeah, and like on uh, straight um, uh, at World's End and Dead Man Ten Hotel, or like right underneath. Like I think mm-hmm. they're just about equal in quality. Like there's no bad movie in this franchise. So yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, I've uh, changed me just, I've changed okay. my rankings with this movie as well. I put this at my as my third favorite of the franchise. Yeah, it's so fucking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let me let me pull it up. I'll read the stats out. And we'll just we'll vamp for a little bit. I'll pay, yeah. pay attention like I always do. Exactly. Uh, so, Dean, Dean, I'll I'll ask you because I'm I'm pretty sure this is the first billion dollar movie Disney ever, right? I think this Dude, was this the was first. 2006 has had to be. Yeah, I think it was. This, this I think it was the be. first one because they no, didn't. I'm pretty, own... I'm, I'm pretty sure the Big Green was the first one. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I do know. At the time, it was at its at, at, at the time it was the fastest film I think to ever get to a billion, like sixty days or something like that. Right? Yeah, because you know I'm trying I'm trying to remember because I know Titanic hit a billion, um, which I think I t- think Titanic was the first billion dollar movie. Okay. Um, okay. And then this very well might have been the second billion dollar movie of all time. Um, yeah, Titanic was one. And I'm looking now. Uh, yeah, wow. Pot, Dead Man's Chest was number two. That's insane. So, that and then obviously, is, obviously, Dark Knight's three. Then, yep. So that's um, insane. Yeah, that, it's crazy to see to think that. Like I said, that stat uh, was it today I sent to you guys or yesterday that mm-hmm. Disney Disney has had twenty three billion dollar movies or twenty five billion dollar billion dollar movies, and that that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I mean, listen, it's mostly Marvel, you know, but they do have it five is. Star Wars. They, yeah. they do have five Star Wars movies that hit a billion. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry, four, four of the five. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but um, that's just crazy to think about this. And then you know, what's even what's even more crazy to think, you know, before I read down the stats, is that On Stranger Tides also hit a billion dollars. It did. Um, which I mean, rightfully so. It's a great movie. Um, and, and at World's End just missed it by 40 million dollars so it's it's kind of crazy that they there was those three movies were a great run um and again the only thing i dislike about the the third movie is that giant maelstrom battle though like i said i was watching i was watching dead man town hotel and i was like is the maelstrom really any dumber any more (laughs) dumb than um um the sea splitting open in a 
tried it being in the middle of the water. Like, so, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. so I was like, all right. I mean, I guess I can lighten up on that a little because there's a lot to three I like. We'll get to that in, in, a, yeah. in a few months. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's um, a monkey. So, is a maelstrom really yeah. that, <laughs> really that far? Yeah. I mean, um, Davy Jones is literally a squid person. <laughs> Davy Jones, giant squid. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Welcome to this uh, episode of Dean Holes Off of Sings. Uh, Sea shanties. <laughs> Dean Holtzapple as Michael Bolton as uh, singing that uh, that uh, there was a, oh god who was that group with uh, Andy Samberg Lonely Sky uh, Lonely Island yeah God I love that video so much yeah me too <laughs> Michael Bolton is a major album, cinephile <laughs> <laughs> this comes off of Dean's album Sea Shanties and Wet Panties <laughs> that's so true that's so true so all right let me let me read this real fast so. Uh, released July seventh, two thousand six. Uh, you know, across across the the hemispheres, uh, with a budget of two hundred twenty five million dollars, and it shows because this movie is gorgeous and it still mm-hmm. holds up sixteen years later. Um, mm-hmm. With a box office uh, draw of one point zero six six billion dollars, I'm not going to try to put that in actual terms. Um, <laughs> my brain is not working. Directed by Gore Verbinski, uh, written by Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio. Um, music by the fucking second to only John Williams, Hans, Hans Zimmer, dude. Yep. He brought it. He brought it for this movie. Oh my yes, god! Yes, he did. This is one of my all-time favorite scores by by Zimmer. By the way, mm-hmm. I love, 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 love his score for this movie. Yep. Um, this is my favorite score of his. Is it really? It's my favorite. Yeah, this it, this could uh, no because I fucking Man of Steel's little perfection mm-hmm. from start to finish. You know, Dark Knight is really badass too. Yeah, like those four are just like I mean, he had a great run from he like really did 2005 with like Batman Begins, and then he mm-hmm. like did this, and it was just all the way up until like BVS. It was just like like that dude, like because I mean, John Williams has been outside of Star Wars, been largely been inactive for the last like 15 years. Yeah. Um, like Zimmer was just like, yeah, now it's my turn, and he was just <laughs> like, he was just like, oh. Like broad in every single movie, even shitty movies like Wonder Woman eighty four. That score is still really good. It is. Um, I agree. But uh, starring you know Johnny Depp, Keira Knightley, Orlando Bloom, Bill Nye, Jack Davenport, Tom Hollander, not Tom Holland, Chris. Put your panties back. I, I know. I know. <laughs> Stone Skarsgård, um, Kevin McNally, Jonathan Price, Mackenzie Cook, Naomi Harris, and Jeffrey Rush. Mm-hmm. So. George, listen, listen to this 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 uh, discussion. No, how about you do it? No, I got it. How about I just turn off the podcast and go to bed? <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Yeah, this is the show. <laughs> that was all it was. Just reading, just reading a stat off of a page here. We're going to do that for a movie one day. All right, so. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Oh fuck! <laughs> no, that's worth that's worth a show because that's mm-hmm. worth being torn apart. Captain Marvel. <laughs> we'll just read the stats and be like, all right, bye. So <laughs> turn, it, gonna... turn it off after twenty minutes. <laughs> the, moment, <laughs> the, the moment she gets to Earth, that's the end of the movie. Didn't we do that with uh, when we did a Christmas story? All I yeah, did was just make up stats. I'm like, all right, the review for that is done. <laughs> get all right, so the first movie wildly successful so of course the sequel was coming in um did you did either of you mm-hmm. have any sort of expectations 
for this, like like going into this movie? You know, was there something you wanted to see? Did you think it was going to pick up directly where um, where the first one left off? You know, give me some uh, give me some thoughts of what was going through your guys' head when this movie was announced that was coming out. So, uh, Dean, it's your show. You can go. No, you're the guest. So, um, for me, I I was I had high expectations as I always do with anything. Pretty much at this time with Disney, um, but with this one, my expectations were high based off of how good the trailer was. I mean, if if you can go on Disney Plus, the trailer that they have for this movie was just badass. It really was, and uh, I remember the trailer back then too. Um, the only thing that I was worried about going into this movie, and it's not a big deal uh, because it's really hard to top that first one. Uh, I said, I, I said to myself, I mean, what are they going to do to even remotely come close to the movie? Like, what are they, what, what could, what can they do um, to, to possibly even topple Pirates of the Caribbean one? And I, and I thought after watching the trailer and I watched the movie the first time, when I watched the movie the first time in theaters, I was blown away. And mm-hmm. I said that actually exceeded all of my expectations because I thought. Davy Jones was absolutely incredible in that yeah. role. And then even and in, in addition to that, you know, bringing back uh, Jeffrey Rush's Barbosa was such a, a, an, a perfect and such an integral part uh, of the story mm-hmm. um, because he did have unfinished business. And to see him work with Jack was was spectacular because their chemistry together is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my expectations going into the movie were mid, I want to say, because I knew in my head, um, it's like going to see Back to the Future 2. It's like, how can you possibly top the first one, but at least try to be on par with it? Yeah. Um, you know, do it do it justice. So, yeah, my expectations were at mid-level, uh, but after seeing the movie, they were, they were blown away. Yeah. Uh, I'm very similar uh, with, with that because I, I hold the first movie – um, it's not in my top 10, but I definitely think it's one of the 25 greatest movies in the history of cinema. I agree. Um, like it is just, it is, when I think of a perfect movie, I think of, like, I think of Pirates of the Caribbean. It's one of those yeah. movies that you just, you watch and go, that was perfect. Like, I, I feel like, what can you complain about? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, what, what can you say I would change? Nothing. The first right. one is so perfect. Um. Yeah. So I was kind of the same, but I was excited though because the first one was so good. Yeah. I was like, yeah, they're not going to shit the bed. You know what I mean? But like, no. and this was, you know, I mean, we were only, what, maybe a decade into the internet, you know? This yeah. is before YouTube. This is, you know, times on the internet were a lot different. You know what I mean? The only place you really had to like, for movie anything was IMDb. You yeah. know what I mean? And like their message boards and stuff like that. So like, there wasn't the, the vitriol online like there is now. and be like, you know, I mean, listen, I do it. I, I definitely will see a trailer and be like, that looks like fucking shit. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, I just called somebody a retard on fucking Twitter today. You know, <laughs> uh, as we were talking about last night, like I 100%, you guys are right. That is me. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, but, uh, I'm ready. I'm going to date myself to people that are listening. I saw the trailer for the first time of this movie on the TV Guide channel on Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was, when there was nothing to watch, I would literally just put that channel on. Yeah. Just because background they, noise. Because at certain times, at like around eight nine o'clock at night, they would just play movie trailers. Yeah, 
And I remember this came across. I was like, oh my God, when when did this come out? Mm-hmm. But I rem- I vividly remember that was the first time I saw the trailer. Yeah. But then if but then if you fall asleep with the TV guy channel on, you'll get woke up at 3 a.m. by like some super loud girls gone wild infomercial. <laughs> yeah, or, or, you know. or Billy Mays. <laughs> doing, yeah. co- doing cocaine on the fucking kitchen counter. Or it's um, like somebody screaming at you, do you want to be a realtor? Get your license in six weeks. <laughs> the guy are you talking about the guy with the question mark suit? Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um but I, I, you know, I don't remember my reaction to the first trailer, but I remember just being like, yo, like, I'm, I'm going to love this. And I oh, remember yeah. watch, I remember seeing this in theaters for the first time and just being like, at the time, I was like, I think I like this better than the first one. Like, mm-hmm. I think, da- I think Davy Jones is the best villain in this, in this, in, at least in this movie, he's the best villain of the franchise. He was just. He stole every scene he was on. Like he really just, did, and he's entirely CGI. Yeah, I know that whole set is CGI. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just every scene he comes on. It's just, it's just this presence of just fear um, and power, and just like I'm, I was just like in awe. And then, of course, like you get to, you know, like you brought up Barbosa, you know, in that that shock i mean this was before again no youtube you know no you know again we're we're not in the infancy stages of the internet but we're like in those if you would equate it like a human like in the pre-teens like it's still pretty like like 2006 people were still using like dial-up and dsl you know sure people haven't switched over to like i guess what would have been i guess com you know comcast right and the cable you know stuff like that so like high you know, speed we, yeah like we still had dsl <laughs> and i listen i'm gonna be honest with you, i remember dsl being pretty fucking good i'm not gonna lie yeah. um yeah. but that's what we had and so like you didn't know going into this movie like oh my god they brought barbosa back to the last scene of the movie mm-hmm. um and i just remember being like like a genuine shock factor just like oh my god like mm-hmm. and i love barbosa as a character he he's i act, actually as a character he is my favorite character of the franchise i love jack but I just think Barbosa is such a great character, mm-hmm. um, especially he's in the my first third. One. He's mm-hmm. just so he's just so cool in the first movie yeah. that that's why I, I just like yeah he's he's my favorite and he just mm-hmm. he feels like a king. <laughs> like, like, he feels like a pirate. Yeah, like the way he dresses, the way and the way he talks, and you're just like see because I've always. When I see Barbosa, Chris, you know what I see? I see the uh, I see the pirate leading the auction in the ride. Oh yeah, that's, that's what great. I always kind of envisioned and him based off of was that pirate. To kind of piggyback off what you're saying is, so many people give credit to like you hear this all the time with Jack. Like Jack, you know, nobody else in the world could be Jack Sparrow, and I agree. Mm-hmm. But the same amount of credit has to go to Jeffrey Rush as Captain yeah. Barbosa because he embodied, he made you believe that he was a legit MF and pirate. Mm-hmm. He was, he, just like Johnny Depp, Jeffrey Rush immersed himself into that role. Yeah. And it showed every single time. He's my third favorite character in the entire mm-hmm. franchise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's Barbosa, Jack, and then Davy Jones. I just think they're the best. I, George, yeah, I have, what- I have Jack... Uh, Gibbs and then Barbosa. Ah, Gibbs, Gibbs. Gibbs, Gibbs is a great character. Yeah, um, Gibbs is evergreen, man. He's he is he's, <laughs> he's he is like everyone's buddy. It's great. I love and, him, and, and he him. knows 
he knows everything. Like, like in World's End when uh, when when they're talking about the map, and and um, what's his little little bitch Will Turner goes up to Barbosa like, oh, you can't explain this, and then he looks <laughs> over at Gibbs like, ah, oh, Mister Gibbs, you ever you ever gaze upon the green light? Or like the green flash, and he goes on this whole thing. It's like it's like Gibbs has been around. You know? I know <laughs> he's seen some shit. Yeah, he'll tell you all yeah. about it. Oh yeah, he's 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 been he's been everywhere, everywhere. Oh, yeah. um, so George, what were your expectations going into this? So here's the thing: I don't actually remember seeing any trailers for it. Hmm. I, kind kind of, of, I kind of feel the same. Like I just like, don't, I can't pinpoint a trailer in my head. Here's the thing, and 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 and, and this is where you talk about kind of the essentially the infancy of the internet is that YouTube wasn't such a big prominent thing. I mean, they didn't even exist. YouTube didn't launch until 2007 or eight, I think. Well, then I, yeah. I mean, like that's where we kind of get all of our trailers now is that's uploaded to YouTube or someone shares yeah. the Facebook, someone shares the Twitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have MySpace. The way we're sharing videos to build MySpace, unless you no. put them with your digital it's camera. A, it was uh, yeah. I forgot about MySpace. Well, uh, uh, yeah. So, so, YouTube launched in 2005, my mistake. But still, it's it's to the point Bare, that it barely existed yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like there were just people throwing up trailers left right for you to see. Like you basically had to either see it in the theater if you were watching something that that trailer was attached to, or you call it a TV spot while you're watching, you know, anything on TV. So it's I don't remember seeing it, but I remember I, I went with some people from work, uh, some people I was working with at the time. And they were super excited for it. And they asked me to go along. And I'm like, all right. So, but at the time that I had agreed to go with them, I didn't see the first movie. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't catch the first movie until just before I went to the theater to see this. And so I had, I mean, I don't want to say I had no expectations, but I had just saw the first one. So I'm like, oh, this is really good. I just hope the second one can be as good. But the problem with sequels is you don't want to have your expectations set too high because majority of sequels, about 90% of sequels are massively inferior to its original. It's true. Um, it, it's very, it's very rare that a, uh, that, that a movie is, is Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Top Cat Maverick. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. so, I mean, I'm going through, I'm watching it and like, it's, you get lost in the movie. I mean, not mm-hmm. saying it's a bad plot and you get lost around, but like you, it's like it feels almost or it almost feels like you're in the movie and you're just you're just immersed. Yeah, and they do. They so, they absolutely immerse you. You're right. Like it, it, like the movie immediately jumps up with what would have been the wedding of mm-hmm. uh, Bill Turner and Elizabeth Swan, mm-hmm. but then it's just interrupted, and then there's just some guy who we never saw before. Like, like we knew nothing of Cutler Beckett going into this movie. Like, great not, villain. Fucking not. We, we knew absolutely. We, we knew Dick. Just good business. Fortune favors the bold. Mm-hmm. Still. Hey, Chris, I got to ask you a question. Not to, me, not to cut you off, George. Uh, just maybe you just made me think of it though. Um, when in in Dead Man's Tale, Tell No Tales, when they capture Jack to marry the chick with syphilis. Yes. Or scabies. Was that yeah. the skeletal remains of the Kraken? That was, yes. That's what I always thought. I didn't yeah. know if mm-hmm. it was actually confirmed to be that, though. Yep. I read about it after the, watching the movie like, uh, last week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it was like I some. That. I'll have to send you the article. It's like the 10 unknown facts about dead men tell no tales. Okay. Yeah. But it's um, to kind of go back, like, I mean, 
we do not have color Beckett. So, but like mm-hmm. we know that he's got this presence because there's all these guards around him, and obviously Will and Governor Swan know who he is. And we're like, oh, wh- what's this all about? And then you know, we don't need to know who Cutler Beckett is to know that this dude's a royal prick. Should be yeah. Pardon yeah. the, pardon the, you pardon my my nonsense. Um, hey, we're no hold barred on here. But like you got these two great villains in Cutler Beckett and Davy Jones. Mm-hmm. Like you got two stellar villains in this movie, and neither one steals anything from the other. I mean, you got basically like Davy Jones is your pirate villain, mm-hmm. and Cutler Beckett is like the um like the establishment. You know, he's yeah. He's working for the king. You know, he's under the king's orders. He's sending a trading company. You know, he's got his orders, but he knows that he's got to command the sea. He needs Davy Jones's heart, so he's gonna wheel mm-hmm. and deal every way he can to get to to to, to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. And we know that him and Jack have crossed paths in the past, and we we don't know where. We don't need to know where. These aren't yeah. like it's not like now. And and this is where like, the internet just ruins everything nowadays. Yeah, you know. We all just watched Obi Wan, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. and, and and they bring in some. Yeah, we'll talk like, about we'll talk yeah. about that at the end too. And they're like, and you, know, you have people come in and say, "Oh, where was this person during this? Or where was this person during this?" Nobody cared where anybody like nobody cared who Mercer was. All you knew is that he was the is that he was the muscle for Cutler Beckett. Nobody mm-hmm. knew where Cutler Beckett. Nobody cared what interaction Jack had with Cutler Beckett. All we know is that they crossed paths and they each left their mark on each other. Yeah, and Jack's got the branding on his hand, and all we get is that small little tidbit, and at World's End, when, um, when Jack's when when, when basically it's revealed that Jack was working for Cutler Beckett to transport slaves, and he decided against doing it. He said, "You know, people aren't cargo." So, I mean, that's that that that's all we needed to know that these guys hate each other. Yeah. And it worked. Like no, nobody was bitching the next day. Well, why should I care who Court Rebecca is? Like nobody. Like you could go to the movies. You could just enjoy the movie for what it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you you guys were talking about Barbosa. That was fucking huge. His mm-hmm. um, his, his um, reveal. Yes. Movie to this day, I just watched this movie uh, about a week and a half ago. I still get goosebumps when he. No, absolutely. Oh yeah. And here's the best part about it. And here's like something. And here's things that you don't pick up on. You know, throughout the beginning of the movie, is that when they bring the um, when they go to Teodalma's shanty, you know, and he's like, oh, and an undead monkey, and they let the monkey go. The monkey goes straight into the room where Barbosa's land. Yeah, you you see shoes. You don't see the monkey for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Because actually, there's a uh, there's a part. If you look closely at that scene, you actually can see Barbosa's hat um, yeah. hanging hanging in, in the mm-hmm. in the room too. But you see his feet, of course. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't remember where his hat's actually hanging. But you see his hat. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah, and That's you know, not to not to get too far, but we're talking about characters here. Mm-hmm. I think not enough is said about how great of a character. Jack Davenport's uh, James Norrington was uh, mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really loved him as Commodore in the first one, mm-hmm. and I really felt like God. He showed his range with this character in this movie, and I sure. and I we were midway through the movie, and I remember looking at at my wife Morgan. I said, "Man, like I other than you. the 
other <laughs> other than the other than the main characters of this movie, the guy that I'm always just my eyes and, and what I always get myself attracted to in terms of like a great performance was was Norrington. And I was just yeah. like, man, he was so freak. And he was up, he was in really big scenes with Turner and Sparrow. And I was like, damn, he's good in this. Mm -hmm. So I good. Love, I love me some pirate Norrington. Yeah. yeah. God, he was just spectacular. And yeah, also and, and that was another thing too, because we knew that Norrington followed um the Black Pearl into a hurricane. We knew nothing about that. We mm -hmm. didn't. All we knew is that, you know, he was following them and then they went to the hurricane. All you hear Gibbs goes, you hear Gibbs say the hurricane. You didn't try to sail through that, did you? Like, that was mm -hmm. all we need. That was all we need to know. Mm -hmm. And it worked. I don't need all the gaps filled in. I don't need someone to go back and be like, hey, here's a quick 45 minute video of the ships going through a hurricane. Yeah. Don't need it. Yeah. It's, it's, yep. it's, not, it's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. um hey let's take a quick break and we'll uh we'll come back and uh since, since we kind of wasted the first 10 minutes of the, the stream <laughs> but um all right we'll be right back everybody all right we're back george where do we leave off uh we were just talking about how great of a movie dead man <clears throat> mm -hmm. yeah but let's, um, i guess now let's get into another homosexual party boats wow wow so let's get into, oh, sorry, uh, you know, usually we know we do like that breakdown. We kind of went through the entire part of the movie. Let's, we always usually do like our favorite scene, like least favorite scene all that. I don't think this movie has any bad scenes, but you know, favorite scenes in general, Chris, what do you got? You got like a breakdown you want to give us? I mean, my favorite scene would probably be um, when the, the, the triple threat, I'm going to call it triple threat. The triple threat um, fight scene. Uh, the triple threat fight scene um, between Norrington, um, or, uh, Will Turner, and Jack on 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 the island going up that abandoned house and then going in the, um, what's the thing called? I think it's a mill. That's there you a, go. Uh, yeah. Like the rolling mill. Yeah. I thought, even though it's kind of hokey, but it's a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, so you're, you're destined for some hokiness, which is fine. I thought... It was just a lot of fun, that entire, entire scene. Um, but yeah, that was probably my favorite scene of the movie because it was just a lot of fun. It was continuous. Um, them fighting on the, on the, on the, on the, on the island, uh, on the beach, going, you know, towards the water. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to say, and I'll bring, this is a question, and then I'm sorry to cut you guys out, but then give me your favorite scenes. But why does Elizabeth Swan or Kira Knightley gets so much heat from the Pirates fans. I thought she was very, very good in her role in all, you know, I guess what, uh, I'm going to just say three of the five movies. Um, I thought she was really good. I thought she was really good in in, in this one. Um, personally, I just think she, I mean, I, I, I don't hate the Elizabeth Swan character. Um, I mean, she does serve a purpose to a point. I really just did not like her during mm. this scene on the beach okay. where they're like sword fighting. She's basically yelling at them for being children and like sword fighting. And then she fakes being a damsel in distress and falls down the same. Well, that was stupid. I hated that. Yeah. And then she like sits Indian style, all like, Humph, like, yeah, you're sword fighting. And, and you know, and then Pencil and Rigetti run off of the chest and she goes after them. And it's, 
she annoyed the shit out of me I'll just on the beach like that part on the beach I, like, I agree with you on that she like it was just ah eh. and then in, at world's end it was just I mean Dean you always point out the fact that it was you know said in the 1800s or or before that she you know has hair dye <laughs> she dyed her hair blonde <laughs> uh, she did in this one too I don't know how at some point between the first and second movie she dyed her blonde but okay um but I don't I don't hate her character. I just she as the trilogy went on, she you know, she went from damsel in distress um to I thought her character in this was fine. Um but then like in the third movie, I just kind of found her really annoying. You know, like mm-hmm. why is why is she the pirate king? Like it just doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? It's just like okay, like mm-hmm. all right. well, make, you make it's- <laughs> give, the, give it to give it to Keith uh, Richards or something like that. There you go. So, but uh, but my favorite scene is um, it's it's not actually, and I love that sword fight scene, like when they start on the on the beach. Yeah, and stuff like that. Like it's so good. Like I, I love a good sword fight. Um, but I have to say, I. I think my favorite scene is the introduction to Davy Jones. That's a great it's one just, too. It's just so fucking good. Like when he shows up and he's got he lights the pipe with his tentacle and he's like, "Do you fear death?" You know, and it's just like, I I don't know. It's just something about it. And then like you know, Jack's watching through the periscope and or t- telescope, whatever. And um, you know, he turns around and and Jack's like, "Oh!" And then he appears in front of him. Like it's it's just the that whole is, scene is just fantastic. I didn't want to interrupt you, but that is the other sec. Like my one beast favorite scene is mm. when Jack pulls out the mag, um, the the tele the the, the um. Yeah, we know. Uh, yeah, yeah, we know. And, we got it. and then all he sees him from afar, and then the next time you see him, he's right in front of his face. Like, oh, yeah. that's a badass scene. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just it's just so good. Yeah. It's like shot at night in the rain, like it just it. Yep. Everything with that scene, from like leading up to 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 Will, you know, going over to the boat and you know, and him fighting uh, like David Jones's people, and you know, and, you know, he, he breaks the sword or or dips the sword in the oil, smashes it on the uh, lantern, the sword's lit up on fire. That looks really cool. That's yeah. Really cool. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then the intro of David Jones. It's just. I, you know, I mean, what's the, another great scene um, when um, the dice game. That is a great scene. That <laughs> That's is a great, great one. Scene. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's it's not a great. I wouldn't say it's a great. Scene. It's a great visual. Is when he uh, tells the, he 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 tells the ship to dive, and it's over his shoulder, and it goes under the water. I think that is such a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, just the CGI on this movie is just absolutely phenomenal some of the best cgi work i've ever seen and again like i said 16 years later and it still just holds up so yeah. amazingly it really does even when even when um the even the the two main times we see the crack and attacking a ship like mm-hmm. that, God, that's God. another that's another great visual too when will turner jumps off he's on the water Yep. He sees the crack in that. Like, that's another great visual in the, in the yeah. movie. So, the movie is full of great visuals. Um, it really is. You know, it's might be visually the best of the of the of the franchise. I mean, it did. It's, it's it, just 
it did win the Oscar for best visual effects. Yep. Oh yeah, like, it did. Like, like deservedly so. Yeah, it's just it it just brings it in every single aspect. They just took everything from one, and we're just like, well, we're gonna do this, and it just somehow was it just took it to the next level. You know, one is, it, I think it's a slightly better movie, um, but this it just went even like just farther with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, you guys have any least favorite scenes? Yeah, Karen Knightley on the beach. Which part? When she starts having a hissy fit, and it's just very weird. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree to that. Yeah. <laughs> George? And when she was also flirting with Jack on the boat. Oh, I mean, he cut out, but I, I agree. I know mm. what he's talking about. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. her scene setting him up at the end um, was still pretty good. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, I, I texted you guys this earlier. And I'm, I'm going to repeat it on here uh, for like the people who like to bitch and moan that they killed off Superman too early in the DCU. This franchise may be called Pirates of the Caribbean, but this is the Jack Sparrow franchise. Yes. And they killed him in the second movie in this franchise. <laughs> and nobody knew at all what was going to happen in the sequel. No. No, no idea. I mean, nope. yes, they brought Bobosa back a movie later. But we had no idea what was happening in the next movie. Yeah. No clue. You know? And they, they killed off the titular character mm-hmm. in his own frame. I mean, granted, they've done it with Bond now, but they backed themselves into a fucking corner because yeah. they have no idea. They don't have an idea what they're probably doing now. Um, but, like, so what do you do? You know, I mean, like, that was pretty ballsy back in 2006 to be like, yeah, we're going to kill the main character, everybody's favorite character from this franchise, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because we're, we're telling a story. Yeah, God forbid a director, a director in a studio, try to tell a story together. You know, it's amazing what wonders can happen. Yes, um, you know, but it is you do kind of think about it, surreal that you know they they killed Jack Sparrow in the second movie of this franchise. And yeah. hey, I'm gonna be honest with you, I kind of it had been a bit since I watched this movie. Is it just me, or is Jack only in like half the movie? Mm. I feel like he's actually not in that much of the movie for being the main character. I'm going to say you're probably right because a <clears throat> lot of this movie is Davy Jones. Yeah. And like Will Turner and yes. on, on the Dutchman and stuff like that. So yeah. I really, I really do feel like Jack was only like, like the first movie was all about Jack getting his revenge yep. on Barbosa. Yep. And like this movie was, is very much like more of an ensemble film, even though Jack is the main character. Yeah. And I just, I remember when the movie finished, I was like, I thought he was in more of the movie. Like, I could be yeah. wrong. I mean, he's definitely not in the whole two hours and nine minutes of the film, though. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or however long it is. You know, it's two, two slightly under or slightly above. But um, it definitely was probably only about, like, an hour, I think, mm-hmm. of screen time, it felt like. Because there was so much other world-building, character-building they had to do. And I think they did a great job with it. Yeah. There's a lot of meat on the bone story, uh, story-wise story in this movie. So yeah, right. I mean, it's... You know, it's Jack, you know, getting the black spot, you know, and trying to, you know, avoid Davy Jones because he knows that, you know, his 13 years are up, even though, you know, even though he's viciously mutinied upon after two years. Um, but mm-hmm. he put around right in the show, Captain Jack Sparrow all those other oh. years. Um, oh. You've got the the Will Turner, Bootstrap Bill Turner, yep. you know, 
you know, Bootstrap finding out that his son is a, is a pirate, and you know, and then them, and then them meeting each other, finding out you know the story of Davy Jones as this is going on as well. You know, pieces of his story come in. You know, we had Tia Dama talking about how you know there, there's all these myths about what Davy Jones did. You know, he carved out his heart and put it in a chest because of a woman. You know, that turns out that's that's true. You know, all mm-hmm. of that is true. I mean, it isn't, it isn't until later on that we realize that the woman that he cut his heart off for was Tia Dalma or Calypso, whatever right. you call yourself. But there's a lot going on-wise, but none of it feels like wasted motion. Mm-hmm. It's There's just so much, and it's 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 intriguing. Everything that's going on, it's just like, it, it, keeps, you, it keeps you wanting more. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even buy, and, and then Barbosa returned, they, you know, net, nowadays that would have been a post-credit scene. Right. Not, not even in mid credit scene. That would have been after the after the fact. Mm-hmm. Or, but it was just like you know they decided to say, "Nah, here you you have this." Mm-hmm. Now, like you know, it, it's post credit scene galore to to the point that if you go to a movie theater and the movie's over, you know, and you don't know if it's a post credit scene, you end up kind of googling, "Hey, does this movie have a post credit scene?" Mm-hmm. Because now it's just it's just standard fare. But, right. This Remember when we were were we seeing the Dark Knight when everybody stayed for the post credit scene and somebody <laughs> was like, "What are you expecting? A dog on a throne?" <laughs> dark Knight. Yeah, it was a Dark Knight. Okay. Mm. That's funny. Didn't that doesn't that dog show up again? Yeah, he's got the uh, he has the keys to the code. Right. Because like, oh, I had the dog, and then Keith Richards uh, goes, "That's right. That's right." So, a, a, a dog's one of the best uh, is one of the best side characters of the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. one, of the most iconic, one of the most iconic parts of the ride too. <laughs> Give him his own Disney Plus series. <laughs> Call him Patches. <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't even want to ask what the out of ten score is. I'm assuming all three of us are going to have this at ten, right? Yeah, this is a ten for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sweet. So yeah, it's, it's it's a ten, but it's 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 right under one for me. Like it's one mm-hmm. A of the franchise, you know. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I love this movie. It's love a ten, movie. but it's like a soft ten. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's a pretty standard ten. Like a like one is a hard ten. This is like a, this is like a standard ten. This is your this is like your, your formality to give it a ten. And Sally Field is a hard six. Yeah. Um, so um so before before we move on to little obi-wan discussion to end, to finish out the night mm-hmm. um i do want to ask because as of right now this is post what like three weeks since the giant death trial um and we we've heard some news um about johnny potentially coming back for more movies um you think it's gonna happen you think it's actually happening i do oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I hope. I hope. I yeah. hope. I, I hope it's true. I mean, we you know we hear a lot of stuff from a lot of different people, and yeah, you know, I mean, granted, hearing stuff about Disney is not like hearing stuff about Warner Brothers. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like where, where Warner Brothers is like maybe, and their maybes are like whatever. Disney's yeah. like maybe, and then like six months later they announce the movie. So, like, <laughs> and then six months later at D twenty three, Johnny Depp's on the stage, <laughs> dre- dressed as Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I hope it's true. Um, yeah, 
you know what it is? I think it's because we're I'm so burnt by Warner Brothers. It's hard for me to believe anything that comes out about anything anymore because I agree. You know, it's just like okay, but what if it's not true? You know what I mean? So right. Um, but um, yeah. I, I mean, listen, if Disney wants to make money. They'll they'll somehow bring back Johnny Depp. This franchise does not make money without him. Agreed. You know, Barbosa's. I mean, you could possibly do it. If like Barbosa was alive and stuff like that, I could see you maybe being able to pull it off. Yeah. But like, I mean, if if the if if the curse of, you know, the dead man's chest is lifted on Will Turner, I can't imagine him still being a pirate. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I he was only he was only doing it because if not, he'd be dead. You know right. what I mean? So. I mean, um, and, and we did get the tease that Davy Jones did come back at the end of. Uh... Dead Man's Hunt No Tales. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. So like, let's say we never get <clears throat> the sixth movie. Let's just say it never happens. Yeah. I'm very curious to know when that story would leak because Disney does not have the best. Everybody, I remember growing up and I said I remember talking about you guys a couple weeks ago, like the Disney Vault, but yet yeah. they have spoilers galore that come out of their come out of their walls, like. The, the sequel trilogy could not keep a fucking leak on it. To, they couldn't plug a hole to save its life on the leaks for at least the two Abrams movies. Like, there's always stuff about the shows leaking. Marvel stuff is can leak pretty heavy at times. So, like, um, I'm, I would assume that any sixth movie script that maybe it doesn't get made, I would assume that it would eventually see the light of day some way, shape, or form. And I'd love to Makes see sense. how they bring. I would love to see how they bring back Davy Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, that'd be really that'd be, cool. I agree. So, but uh, yeah, that wraps up our our Caribbean Dead Man, Dead Man's Chest discussion and, and a little Pirates of Car- post Pirates of Caribbean right there. But let's, uh, as we as we wind down for tonight, um, yep. you know, we, we've covered the four previous episodes of Obi-Wan. So we'll quickly talk about that. And then Chris, I want to, well, obviously the three of us will do an overview of what we thought about the show. But, you know, Chris, you haven't been on the other discussions, so. Um, I mean, I, I know what you think of the show, but, you know, but obviously, you know, the, the dozen and half viewers that we have, you know, which is just me listening to them on different platforms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, um, so I don't really think, you know, I don't think we really need to talk about episode five. It was a decent episode, but. Let's let's just cut to the chase and talk about the the, the, the final episode of Obi Wan, and yep. just let's just talk about how that should have been most of the series. How that how should have been that that's, yep. that episode was. You know, I was thinking about this thing in the, in the car. I was driving home from my chiropractor appointment, and I said, "Man, because you know, I kind of brainstorm some of the stuff I want. Like, I take mental notes of what I want to bring up on the shows when I do them. So I'm not much of a writer. I take it's all up here, my old dog, and John Caffrey and the Beaver Brown Band. Um, uh, that's for you, George. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I was thinking, like, you know, Obi Wan started off so good, like two perfect or near perfect episodes to start the series, and then it really did dip in quality. And a lot of it has to do with the production. I think. I think if the production mm-hmm. was better on those episodes, I think it would have probably been more well received. Um, and then, like, we just, you know, it's like, it, it was like, episodes one and two were fantastic. And then it just dips. And then it just skyrockets back to, like, episode, you know, in episode six to a ten. And yeah. was that, like, a was that, like, the best way to end that series? 
As of, I, as of right now, because we don't, I, there's rumors that there's going to be a season two. We don't have a confirmation yet. So if it stands right now, because that was that just like a perfect way and really something that's kind of saved the series too, because it's been very, um, I guess, divisive. Polarizing. On, on many different levels yeah, um, about this series. So, I, so Chris, I, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think uh, that was a, the most perfect way you could have ended Kenobi. And like for me, who, look, I didn't hate the series. I also, I didn't love it. But that last, that final episode was everything that I wanted in the entire the entire series. That's what I wanted to see. Um, and then when we finally got it, I just thought to myself, I kind of agree with what Dean was saying in our text thread a while back where he said, this just should have been a two and a half hour movie. Um, you cut out a lot of the, the fluff in between and you have probably the easiest billion dollar movie um, that Dizzy's had in a long time. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I loved it. Hmm. George. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> where it stands right now, don't do a season two. Because this I, I would be, I would be okay with no season two. I, and I, of course I would also I, love to see a season two, but I'm I, okay if they just leave it at it as is. I don't based off of the simple fact that I think it ended that I think it ended perfectly. I don't mm. want to see them go back to the well and possibly give us six episodes that were all like episode three and four. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, this ended right where it should, you know, the cl- closing that essential chapter with uh, Obi-Wan and, and Darth Vader until we get to obviously the events that take place in episode four. Mm. Um, A New Hope, not episode four of Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. But it, it it works, and and I didn't hate episodes three and four as as much as you guys did. I oh, thought, I, George, I didn't hate them. I just the, the production hurts them for me. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, storyline wise, you. I mean, if if you got if you're slated for six episodes, you got to stretch out the six one way or mm-hmm. another. Um, I did, I did really enjoy episode five. Um, yeah, it was when, a good episode. When it jumped up, especially when when they're held. When they're holed up in that, um... bye, Chris. Oh, bye, Chris. <laughs> yeah, um, no, he uh, he just texted a group. He had a, he had a run, so but yeah, uh, but uh, but where we like to we'd like to thank him for coming on. So yeah, thank Chris for coming. Mm, welcome to the come zone. Yep. The um, but we're absolutely you know when um, when Riva and the troops are going into the um, the cave. I I I guess where they're held up. You know, and then, and then it's revealed at that point where Dean, what you said back during episodes one and two, when we reviewed one and two, was right. Mm-hmm. She was one of the younglings from mm-hmm. that, that survived Order 66. Yeah, it's just a feeling I have. Plus, like that little fight between Reva and Darth right there. I mean, that was mm-hmm. that, 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 that was fantastic. Um, Darth Vader stopping the ship from, for, from getting away and just tearing with, it apart with, with ease them. with yeah. ease like like we've seen that like obviously fucking shitbag ray fucking did it in rise of skywalker and but we've seen that in a, a clone wars and rebels before and everybody who has done it before struggled and vader just walks in and goes get over here and now, here, pulls that ship down you know and this is I, and this is where the internet ruins everything because you just mm. can't enjoy anything you just no. can't like something you know they see Vader pulling that ship in and tearing it apart, you know, with ease. But then it's 
oh, why didn't he do that with the Millennium Falcon? And you know, with, when they escaped Hoth at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, it's like because you're not paying attention to the nuances of the story, you're not mm-hmm. paying attention to the grand scheme. It's not even paying attention. Are you are you are you, are you watching the show or are you dicking around on your phone? And it's background noise. The That's reason exactly why the reason why he pulled that ship and tear apart was because of the hatred he has for mm-hmm. Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. That's why he he would he was stop and, and they showed it with those flashbacks where mm-hmm. it was young Hayden Christensen and Obi Wan sparring and that's why it kept going back to that because that was going to be his downfall was the mm-hmm. fact that he wanted, to, he wanted to beat Obi Wan so mm-hmm. I mean, in Empire there was no need to do that because at this point he didn't Darth Vader didn't know who Luke was and they were just yeah. they were getting away he had no reason to you know to pull them back and tear the you know, and tear the ship apart. Plus, there was also a blockade around the planet. So, what did he really need to stop the Millennium Falcon from getting away for? The, and is- at that at that point in in Empire Strikes Back, that's also eleven years after this show happens, catalog uh, in, in canon, because this this takes place nine years uh, pre A New Hope, and mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back is just about two years after A New Hope. Uh, in the in in the timeline, so this is eleven years. That's eleven years later. So a lot of people can, you can change a lot in eleven years. I mean, can can you run as fast now as you could eleven years ago? No, eleven years ago, I was actually pretty quick. I was also in one some of the best shape of my life because I was in the army. You know, I was like height of my army. You know, when I actually cared. So um, eleven years ago, I was twenty six and yeah. didn't have gray hairs and didn't actually have gout yet. So <laughs> yeah, I was I was 24 years old, you know. Yeah. Um, so but it's well, I a, think what I would have done is the fact that people can it's the fact that people can't enjoy it and they have to look at little things like, oh, why didn't do this before? It's like really because you guys were awful fucking quiet whenever Ray just started could uh randomly use the the Jedi mind trick and the force healing with zero training at all. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you had nothing to say about that shit though. Look, oh, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Um my thing is, I, and I still stand by my statement. I think this should have just been a movie, even if it wasn't theatrical. It should have just been a movie, even if it was just straight to Disney Plus. It should have been a movie. I think it was it was unnecessarily six episodes long because I I did the math, and um, well, I did a hypo, I did a, a guesstimate on the math. It's probably less, but there was only about four hours of content for the show, that, and that was only with each show being forty five minutes long. That doesn't include the fact that um, episode four was like 31 minutes long. So it's actually probably a little less. Um, <clears throat> this absolutely could have been like, and even, even if they just wanted to release it as a three-hour movie, that, that could have worked. And just put it on, H- on HBO Max. Put it on Disney+. Plus. It didn't, doesn't ha- I mean, I would love for it to go to theaters. I think it would have absolutely crossed a billion dollars. Because if it would have went, if it would have been a film going to theaters, it would have had a better production budget they would have taken more time to do it. They probably, no offense, they would have hired a better director. You know, I don't need to see shaky cam when Darth Vader hits the room. Um, they would have absolutely had a better composer. Um, that's no shot at Natalie Holt. I thought she did great with Loki. Um, this just was not in her wheelhouse in terms of uh, score. They probably would have brought in, um, you know, uh, the guy who does the Mandalorian or God, God forbid, Michael Giacchino, but, um, yeah. Um, 
But um, you know, I like listen. I'm I'm you know in retrospect, and now I can say at the end of the show, I think the first meeting that Obi Wan and Darth Vader had on this show was completely pointless. You could have absolutely told that story of Obi Wan getting his power, like refinding himself in the Force, with actually out him coming face to face with Vader. Like, what would have been? I think what would have been better is if they would have constantly kind of been dodging, like like Obi Wan was kind of constantly dodging Vader, and then he gets to Episode Six and realizes that I have to confront him. I have to end this now. I think it would have been more powerful. Um, <clears throat> And then where, whereas Vader thinks he's weak in the force and then all of a sudden, you know, he's lifting the rocks and throwing them out and you're just like, okay, like you could have told that same story essentially without that really underwhelming. Like I understand the point of that fight and I, I get it, but man, like you saw how much better the one, even just visually, that second fight looked better. If that first fight visually, I'm talking about like scenery would have looked like the second fight in this show. I think I might've been a little bit more open to it, but that first fight is just hampered with like looking like they're fighting in a construction site in Mount Holly. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, Oh, okay. They're just dirt Hills. You know what I mean? So over on the bypass where the, uh, where like that masonry um, place is over by 38. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're Mm -hmm. they're fighting. Yeah. Yeah. That's exact. That's exactly, that's it. That's exactly where they went. Yep. Um, but look yeah, I, I still look at me. I'm a film scout. <laughs> like I said, though, I, I think this this could have worked very well, um, in, in in multiple formats. I think six episodes was was wrong. I think it should have probably been, if you weren't going to make it a movie, some sort of movie where it was, you know, or you, you could have did two two hour movies. You know what I mean? Um, because I I will stand by myself. I think like. Episodes one and two were fantastic from start to finish. They were, ap- I was so hyped after seeing, you know, the end of episode two, I was like, oh my God, like this, they're going to, bl- they're going to, this is going to blow Mando out of the water. Like they're going to do it, you know, cause I still hold Mandalorian up as the best thing that they've done since, since they bought the property. Um, and then it just, it just kind of falls flat the next few episodes. Well, they're not bad episodes, it just falls flat. So, um, and it, but but I do think I do think it finished really strong, and um, I think overall, when I did my score, I think overall when I, I tallied up my so I gave episodes one and two a ten, I gave episodes three a seven, episode four an eight, I think I gave episode five an eight as well, and then I gave episode six a ten, and then when I when I did the average, I think it came out to about roughly about an eight and a half, so and I think that's a fair grade for the show. I think um, you know I think that's a it's a pretty good grade, and 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 I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's on par with Book of Boba Fett. Like, like there were Book of Boba Fett had great episodes, um, but I think this is just on par for different reasons. Like, they're they're about the same for different different reasons. You know what I mean? So, um, and I, like I said, I would love to see a second a second season, but they didn't give me a second season. I'm happy where this ended. Like I don't need another one, but I would I would welcome a second season. So, um, what do you think, George? Where 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 are you at overall wise with the show and grade wise and stuff like that? If I'm giving a, if I'm giving a letter grade, I'm uh, I'm gonna give it an A, okay. just because episodes one, two, five, and six were so strong that you know that it definitely helped it along. I mean, it's maybe A minus if you if you want to, but I think an A is a fair. Uh, is a fair grade for it. I wasn't disappointed. 
um, I thought, I mean, I know there are a couple of things um, just based off of canon may or may not have made any sense. But at the same, at the same time, I think, I think people are looking too much into that stuff. I think, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's too much digging. Like, oh well, why didn't Leia recognize it for? It's like, well, she did. She was going to take the plans to Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. So like she and and she called him Obi Wan. She doesn't know him as Ben. Luke knows him as Ben. No, she knows him as Ben too because, um, when uh when Luke rescues her, he goes, "I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue. I'm with Ben Kenobi." She goes, "Ben Kenobi." So she she knows him as Ben. She calls him but, General Scott. She calls him General Kenobi in the transmission. Well, she also says she she also calls him Obi Wan in the transmission too. Oh, she goes, yeah, help you, help yeah, me, Obi Wan. You're my only hope. Yeah. So so people so, bitching about like she doesn't know that he's Obi Wan. Well, she has arguably the second most iconic line in the history of the franchise. And help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. So, yeah. um, yeah, eat a dick. <laughs> um, and to. And as you said about like this, about the like the, like the, the that first fight that Obi Wan Darth Vader had in the mm. uh, in the in the asphalt factory in uh, in Lumberton, um, <laughs> I didn't mind it because I think if you if you don't do that fight and you just have Obi Wan and Vader kind of like ducking and dodge each other until that final battle, then you basically give Obi Wan two clear wins against Anakin Skywalker. Mm. Darth Vader. I mean, at that point, you're running into Ray territory. Or no, we lost George. So um, when he comes back, we'll you know we'll we'll tidy this up. The last couple minutes we have here, so um, just uh, just cut back in, George, when you get back. So, um, but um, you were saying you get into Ray territory. Yeah, so you're getting into raid territory where she won every lightsaber battle against Kylo Ren. Well, I will say the difference between that is, I mean, Obi Wan is a is a is I mean, he's a Jedi Master. You know what I mean? Like, and he's he has, and it, it, I think what it, it could have worked, whereas basically he bested. He might not be a better bladesman, swordsman than Anakin, um, but he always outwits Anakin. Right, because he Anakin always lets his emotions get the best of him. Um, so, um, but but again, I I think if it, I think if that first fight just looked better, I think it would have I would have I'd be okay with it. You know, what I mean, it's not that I hate it. It's just it's just like it, just the production on that episode was just so just like low budget. I couldn't believe it. So, but um, but I mean that that's it for Obi Wan. Um, and in terms of. Star Wars, we got Andor coming in. I think it's Andor in August or September, um, which I'm super looking forward to. I I love Rogue One, and I think this would be kind of cool because you don't have to bring in a ton of legacy characters for this show. So no. I I mean, so I think it's gonna be really cool, like a spy thriller. And Tony Gilroy is a really good writer, and he wrote Rogue One, so um, I'm excited for that. Um, you know, I, uh, I George, I know you're not watching. Chris is watching. Unfortunately, he had to go. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I am watching Ms. Marvel. I'm still enjoying it. Um, it's, it's slowly moving up the rankings. I think it's where it's going to stay, which is above Falcon and Winter. It, it's like in the, that, so there's been seven shows. I have it at fourth after, uh, Loki, WandaVision and what if, I think that's where it's going to stay. It's, a, it's an entertaining show. I had zero expectations for, it, and I'm pleasantly surprised. It's, it's so, uh, if you're a fan, if you're just a comic book fan, you know, check it out. Um, you might not like it. You might like it. Who do you know? There's um, 
but uh, it, it's it's a fun show. Um, but next week's show, we got um, as as we wrap up, we got the Fifth Element, George. Uh, remember, we're doing that, and we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 12 weeks left until the six six weeks of horror. That's insane to think about. That mm-hmm. we're coming up on that pretty fast. We still gotta still gotta schedule three more shows for August. Uh, one for August, two for September. We're, we should we're working on that this week to kind of get it finalized. Yeah. So send me the new list because I only have up to July twenty fourth. Okay, yeah, I'll send it to you when we get when we get off here. But um, but uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on, Chris. Um, and uh, you'll get Chris in a couple weeks again for Thor. Hopefully for Thor: Love and Thunder, if he can make it. I know he'll be on for Dark Knight Rises. Um, I know he won't miss that show. So, but uh, anyway, I've been Dean Holtzapple. I'm still George Rogers, and we'll see you in the multiverse.